When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. He just did and Hawkins has the ball. They're not going to call timeout. Four seconds left. Open. Andrews for the win. Arizona wins for the second straight year. The Pac-12 tournament title. This is Dirt and Sprague. I get excited for a good hard test. I feel like that I can find a way to make pars and hang in there. And I mean, this week, I think I had five bogeys for the whole week. And around this place, that's really, really, I would say, hard to do. And that's probably what I'm most proud of is just playing so solid. And- With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Marshall front court. He's looking for Murphy. He's back back door, door cut. It. Reverse two-hand dunk for 41 points. Trey Murphy. With style, Trey Murphy giving him the Oprah game, you get a bucket and you get a bucket. Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader, 1080, The Fan. We uh, we all right over there? How we doing? How we feeling? Happy what Monday! What is happening? Another day, man. <laughs> no idea what's going on. <laughs> ah, it's good to be back. Getting filled in with all the stories. Ah, I missed a lot last week. There were a lot of stories as you were gone. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what's depressing as hell though. This weather. Jesus, what the hell's going on out here, man? I can't see my lane. I'm driving in. It's pretty bad. And then I saw the. Uh, I got on. Uh, sometimes I'll make the decision. I'm going to go 99. It's less busy. 84 makes me nervous. There's not a lot of off points. There's really no shoulder. Yeah, one accident will shut the entire thing down. And as I'm exiting, there's a sign right before the exit off 205. Crash, eastbound, 84. <laughs> Here we go. Lane closures. And I know I read that wrong in my head, but like I was still like, oh, no. <laughs> Luckily, didn't stop, but I couldn't see anything, man. This is brutal. Absolutely brutal. I, I saw it snowed again last week while I was gone. It didn't really stick, but okay. yeah, it's, it, we had flurries. I'd say we had flurries, and then yesterday somehow, or maybe it was Saturday, ended up being kind of, a, I think it was Saturday, ended up being kind of a nice day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so welcome back to the hellhole that was. <laughs> How was Arizona? I got to tell you, man, this was, uh, I, I spent the entire week asking myself, why don't I live here? Mm. Why, why, why do I do this to myself? Go to a Diamondbacks game in all, in July. You mean when they have the roof closed and the air conditioning well, on? Get, yeah, it feels get, great. They set it to 72 to degrees. I mean, he'd get to the game in an air-conditioned car. I, I would, yeah. 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 I, I would rather put up with 110 in the summer, I think, yeah. 
then deal with this. 5.30 a.m. tea time. I think I would, too. I, I don't mind playing in the heat. You got a car. Either. I could do that easily. Yeah, I'd play early. I'd play in the afternoon and just take the whole course to myself. And they're wide open. And yeah. the prices are half off because oh, all the snowbirds are gone. There's nobody there. All the olds are out of town. They all moved out because it's too hot. <laughs> There's nobody left in Phoenix after, like, June. There's wow. nobody comes back until October. Dirt really is 72 years old. I'm telling you, man. I, I This one, like, when you go to places like Hawaii... You know, you do that with your wife, like, ah, we should move here or something. We, we could live in Hawaii. It's like, no, you're not. You're not moving. No. You're like, I don't have the balls to do that, to and move that far away. $10 million in the bank account. Exactly. <laughs> it's expensive as hell. You're, a, you're half an ocean away. Like, it's not happening. It's not realistic. And then you go someplace like Phoenix, and I'm looking at, like, housing prices around. You get great houses for, like, four fifty. Is that what they are? I mean, unless you want to live right next to, like, Old Town Scottsdale. Sure. There's ex- expensive neighborhoods. Right. But you go 15 minutes out. I got a buddy who moved there a couple years ago. He lives, like, 20 minutes outside of Phoenix in Goodyear. Four fifty, two thousand square feet, three oh. bedroom, two bath. Oh. Right? I'm just thinking to myself, how much is that going to cost me in Portland? It's twice, twice the price. Six fifty, depending on the neighborhood you want to live in, right? Unless you want to live in a really crappy part of town. Like some of those are not realistic to pull off. This one is realistic. They got all four major sports. Yeah, they do. They got the waste management that comes every year. Yeah. You know who was in town on Saturday night? Now I couldn't pull it off because it was too risky to ask the wife to want to go. You know who's there? Jimmy Buffett. Tickets were eight dollars. Plan where the Suns play. Damn it. $8 tickets. I love Jimmy Buffett. Oh, man. Would have been a great show. Pirates and Parrot Heads, let's go have some fun. You just have to drive to Tempe to watch <laughs> hockey at a university. <laughs> That's the only downside. Like, it's a big transient town. Yeah, they're going to get a new t- They're going to get a new stadium. I mean, they like shouldn't have a team. They should no. lose their team because nobody cares well, about hockey. We should have there. a team. Yes, they should move to Portland. But that was my thought the entire way. And then I land yesterday, and I'm excited to be home. You take the dog for a walk, and it's pouring rain, and I just thought, this is stupid. Yeah, you know, I've thought about Arizona as well. I know people that have moved down. They've done the snowbird thing. People's parents that I'm that I know, and they rave about it. The only thing is the heat. It's the dead of the summer heat. Now, here's my only thing. I think I'd be okay as well. I don't need to be outside all the time. No, I can be inside in my air conditioning, in shorts, watching sports or <laughs> right. chilling or doing whatever. Right. The only thing I don't like about Arizona that I would definitely be way too scared of that's maybe not as realistic is the amount of scorpions and rattlesnakes. Sure, I see the fear. Didn't see either of them for the week I was there. No, I did not go meandering off the beaten path, but I I know that they're there. And that's the thing is, like, I go hiking in the Oregon forest. Like, yeah, back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, there's a mountain lion somewhere in one of these trees or, (laughs) I don't know, a coyote or something. (laughs) Maybe a black bear coming at you, maybe. But largely, like, you know, it's not realistic on these made trails that we've carved out here. So I don't don't have to worry about snakes. No. I get gardener snake, but I get terrified of that. Rattlesnake, it's like, what if I wanted to go hiking somewhere in Arizona near the rocks? (laughs) Just just do a little research. Yeah, I just that that would be my only pushback. It's not the heat for me. I I can do heat. I'm I hate cold. I hate snow. I don't like rain. It's it's the I'll take the heat all day. Strike one, strike two, and strike three. Mm. I I asked I have multiple buddies who live down there, and I saw a couple of them this week, and I I asked both of them like how how do you handle it? 
Yeah. Because that's got to be like that's got to be brutal. Let's be honest here. The trust tree, trust tree. Like, does it suck? Yeah. Are you yeah. miserable for three months? I mean, it's a hundred and ten. Oh, it's not fifteen for two months. For two straight months. What, right? what, 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 when did, why did they move real quick? Uh, one just wanted. I think just was looking for a new start. Single guy moved down there. Okay, loves it. Yeah. Never, never coming back. Okay. The other one, he went down because his gal got a job down there and was like, sure, he loves golf, so I'm gonna move down. And he, they both love it. Okay. And I asked about the heat in the middle of the summer, and they both said one, you get used to it so the first summer might be like whoa this is a little hot you're there for two years you don't even notice it mm. and they said they were perfectly fine like it's not even a big it's not a hindrance in any way now you don't go stand outside on a concrete slab for eight hours sure and burn yourself and, and cook yourself like a rotisserie chicken but as long as you're just living your normal day-to-day life they both play golf they don't mind playing golf in mm. the heat so they said they, it doesn't bother them at all and that was my that was my only question about it was like how do you handle it? And they said they actually like it because golf courses are cheap. And right now, like the Phoenix airport yesterday was insanity because so many people are going down this time of year because it's spring break and a lot of different places. But once you're there past like April and May, there's no the city empties out because mm-hmm. all there's so many snowbirds. You point out they all go back to their cities. Nobody's vacationing in Phoenix in July. Nobody's going there. You're going there now for heat. By the time it's July, it's warmer. You are. And so it's it's kind of a nice little park. The city's half empty. Do you ever think you could actually do it, though? I think I could. No, no, no. I mean, like, really, do you think the wife would be like, yeah, let's yes. do it, and you guys both move away from your families? Yes. Really? See, this one is it's manageable because it's a two- I'm going to lose a co <laughs> It's a two-hour flight. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's an incredibly affordable two-hour flight. Yeah. Like, it's not that far. It's usually pretty cheap. Phoenix is always like... Hey, Southwest, we got a special. Yep. Thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, one this way. month right Cheap now is probably as expensive as yes. it gets. Yeah. If you're trying to go last week of this month or when Super break Bowl here, week when they host a Super sure. Bowl, they'll gouge you. But. Not to mention they host Super Bowls. Let's Final Four. Let's <laughs> let's do a couple quick, I went to the Final Four in Glendale. Let's do a couple quick pushbacks here. <laughs> okay, pushback. <laughs> God, being a Cardinals fan would be the worst. It would suck. You, I it would suck. You kinda have to be because you live there, you'd see them all the time. It'd be the thing you talk about when you're on the radio station, assuming you get a job in this industry. Nice little perk though. My my football team is the 49ers. Same division. You're gonna get a game every year. <laughs> Okay, Suns are in the Western Conference. How many times do the Blazers play in Phoenix every year? Uh, two. Two, right, two. every year. Yeah. Giants and Diamondbacks, yeah. NOS. I'm yeah. getting games okay. every year. All right. All every right. year it's happening. Dame time in Phoenix, <laughs> uh, Niner time in Phoenix, and Giant time in Phoenix. I like it. Look, I'm going to get over this. It's going to turn around eventually, and we'll get back to our sunshine in Portland. Mm. But it, uh, this this one's going to linger for a bit. This, yeah. this depression is going to sink in, and uh, it's not going to go away for a while. I missed you. I missed you last week. Hey, I missed you guys, too. Uh, Jordan could not, because Wednesday I was the most nervous. You you missed a lot while you were gone. Sure. Wednesday I was nervous, and my my nervousness ex- was exactly why I was nervous. Swag got in super late, <laughs> and then what I didn't know is Swag had COVID at his house, so Swag couldn't go home. Swag went to bed at 1 o'clock. He may not know this, but I said this on the show. He's 51 going on 52. <laughs> It starts to show in his face and his body language when he doesn't sleep. Yeah, you got to get sleep. Sleep is the key. He's got a pretty young-looking face most of the time. It's caught up to him now. If he doesn't sleep, you can see it in his face. You get one more wrinkle that shows up, a couple of bags below the eyes. Yeah, the bags and the eyes. Like, I came in on Wednesday, and I'm like, yeah, he is out of commission today. And he was. He was pretty out of commission. And then Thursday was an S show. Friday, he was going over to Ben. 
Uh, I didn't have any co-hosts the week. I missed you. I missed you last week. Hey, it's good to be back. It felt like there was a lot going on. I missed like a, a wine and dine thing with the CEO, so that was cool. You didn't miss anything. I didn't get in trouble no, for didn't, that. You didn't miss I didn't anything. come back to an email of, hey, where were you? Or you're going to get fired. So that was good. That was my only concern. Oh, I did. I almost got a, I got an email basically threatening my job. Oh, what the hell? On Friday. Oh, okay. Uh, our HR person said, you did not complete this specific training module. Oh, you got to do the training modules. And I've warned you repeatedly, and you are now out of compliance and i'm like Ooh. i could push this a little more and be like really what does this mean you're like Kramer with the car dealer guy driving until you get to empty like how far could we take this i was kind of curious and then i saw the scenario playing in my head where somebody's tweeting that i've been let go by odyssey portland and the dumbest reason i was let go is because i didn't complete a training module why didn't you get fired i didn't do a diversity training module that's actually the module yeah. i needed to do was diversity training those are the absolute worst to have to do i hate that there are scumbags out there that make us go through training modules. Oh, it's the worst. Like one of them, sexual harassment. Like, don't put your hand on a coworker's hand. Like, who does that? Who do, who pulls that off? I would never do that in a million years. The fact that I have to take a training that tells me I can't do that really grinds my gears. Because <laughs> there's there's jackasses out there that are costing me time. I have to take a training because you're a dirtbag. Let me hold somebody's hand in a Bluetonic way and say, "Hey, I'm a coworker here. This is not sexual." <laughs> you hold hands with coworkers. That's a normal thing. I get in the video. That's what they made it seem. <laughs> Every time he would like lean over, and of course yeah. she's a woman of color, so yep. it'd be a white oh, guy, Dan, all white Dan. Yes, Dan's a real pos. Hey, I'm gonna need you to calm down and take notes as he rubs your hand. <laughs> Is Dan out of compliance? Is Dan doing a sexual harassment thing right now? I love answering those questions. What do you think Dan should have done? Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I bit the bullet the the snow day that we had a few weeks ago. Ah, uh, yeah. I just. Because I kept, I had a couple different ones that just, and it's relentless on the email too. Once you're like every day, three times a day. Swag, I still have like 13 I need to do. Just knock them all out because it's. But they're, they're 35 to 45 minutes. They're not just something you knock out. It's mm. like, now I got to sit down and act like I care about this and then either fail the test enough until it passes me automatically because you can't really fail these tests. No. Or. Pay attention and actually I pass just, it and get it done quicker. Yeah, I just bit the bullet and was yeah. sitting there while I was watching TV and had him on and yeah. Well, we got a busy week ahead of us. <laughs> we're going to be out live somewhere on Wednesday. We are. We're doing a live show. I still oh, haven't been. we are? Oh, yeah. I guess. Don't, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to catch up on all my email last night, and I was like, well, okay, that's happening. You, right. didn't, you didn't know about that, I'm did glad you? I was included in that email chain, because I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Um, I don't have talking points for it, either. I got an email from an engineer, not a sales rep manager, our, bra our boss, nobody. I just know that we're going to be somewhere Wednesday. I don't have anything. I, great. Glad to see we're on the same page at Odyssey yeah. Portland. Things picked up right where they left off, huh? Pretty Two much. Days before we're supposed to do it. We also have Fan Madness coming up this week. Where it is we do. Tournament's here, man. It's the Danny and Dusty in primetime event. I am leaving uh, Thursday afternoon for Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, so you're out this week. You're going back to call ba basketball games? Uh, yeah, so oh, uh, there's a spot on the charter cool. for me. <laughs> Awesome. And then... Uh, All right. Who's filling in? Who's going to be our producer? Jordan will be here oh, Friday. Sweet. All right. <laughs> there we go. I'm just finding out about this. Thanks for looking. And possibly great. Monday and Tuesday if uh, if the pilot women uh, take care of business against Oklahoma and get UCLA. 
All right. We've lost our producer for four more days, and uh, we're going somewhere Wednesday without any uh, mention of what to say. Hey, I got to tell you, buddy, that 80-degree weather is delightful. <laughs> Welcome back. It was delightful. Welcome back to the hellhole that is. <laughs> God, it felt fantastic. All right. Well, let's get it going. We got to get to the uh, something I did with the Blazers last night is they uh, they lost another game. They didn't just lose. They got their asses handed to them. That they did. Uh, so we'll dive into that with some big NFL trades happen. We had the number one pick dealt after the show on Friday. We had a big cornerback traded over the weekend. We got a quarterback who still hasn't made a decision. He's just leaving everybody wondering what he's ultimately going to do. Uh, but I want to start March Madness or March Sadness. That's next, Dirt and Sprague on the fans. All right, welcome back in Dirt and Sprague with you. Yesterday was uh Selection Sunday in college basketball. That it was. We got our brackets out. You fill your 15 brackets out yet? I have not. You haven't done it yet? No, I haven't. Okay. No. I've honestly been questioning, is this the first year I'm not going to fill one out? Oh, come on. You'll fill one out. You think so? Yeah. Why Why? Why, why not? Somebody's got to print one for me. That's all I got to say. I don't have a printer set up at the house. I'm not doing it. So if somebody wants to print, okay, you got one for me? All right, I'll fill one out. I did a. Uh, I did my gambling show yesterday, and we did a lot of March Madness stuff. We had guests on because I, I even on the gambling show, I'm like, yo, I don't know anything. I don't watch college basketball. It just It's a crapshoot at this point yeah. of who's going to win. And they they clipped me for 50 seconds on the show saying I'm taking UCLA, who's a two-seed. Ooh, bold pick, Brandon Sprague. And I said I'm a little biased because I'm a Pac-12 fan, but UCLA, if you look at strength of schedule, yeah, they lost the Pac-12 title game, but they won the regular season by a substantial amount, and they're hurt, but they got all, they got a lot of experience coming back from last year's team. They clipped that 50 seconds, and I had a listener reach, how many games at UCLA did you watch? <laughs> And I just was like, they're a two seed, man. It's it's not a it's not a hot take to to latch yourself onto a two seed. Give me stats, give me facts, Brandon. Well, I, I find this time of year to be kind of annoying because what you're gonna get today is a lot of radio shows pretending they watched college basketball and lying to you that they know who's a good upset. I heard somebody on ESPN radio late last night. He's like, I kind of like Charleston to upset Alabama. It's like, you didn't watch Charleston. Shut up. Shut up. You Isn't Alabama a number one overall seed? Yeah. Are we, we're doing the 16 over one prediction I, now? No, we're going Charleston's there? a 12. I oh. forget who they well, I don't know. Okay. They picked Charleston in there. Like, That's my big up chat. And I'm like, what do you Stop. know about Charleston basketball? Stop it. You've not been watching them all season. But before I give you any actual tournament stuff, I, I wanted to ask, I read this article in the Washington Post yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I ask you seriously, I can't imagine come Thursday when the tournament tips off, is there a worse scenario than one of the one seeds winning the whole enchilada? And that one seed is Alabama. Because <laughs> there, there is a really damning article in the Washington Post yesterday about the way Nate Oates has handled this, how Brandon Miller's not been suspended at all, suffered any consequence outside of some people you know, going on the internet and bashing his name. He did a pat-down pregame thing. They said it was about going through security so he could take off. But it comes right after a woman was killed, the mother of a five-year-old. And I just, I kind of find it gross, and it's looming over the tournament. I don't know who's going to win this year. I can't offer any real, like, concrete analysis, and I find that very few people really will. But I, I feel like this tournament, Alabama being a one seed with everything that's happened to them off the court, 
I feel like it's looming over the NCAA tournament this year. I, I think TV executives are praying like hell that they lose in the second or third round. And you don't have to deal with You don't this. think they would want them to go further I don't think so. out of the we hate them, we're tuning in to see them lose versus see, the crowd that goes, you know what, he's innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, I think this is a different like different kind of situation, right? Like Duke, everybody hates Duke. Christian Leitner, all the guys over the years, J.J. Reddick, we hate Duke. But we hate watch Duke because they're entertaining, they're fun, they're good. You know they're good. But it's just a level of you just you don't like them, but it's it's nothing legally that they have done. There there are no consequences to some of the actions that they've had. Like they're just they're just a hateable basketball team because they're white guys and they're privileged and it's Duke, preppy boys, right? There's that level of hate, and that's gonna lead you to want to watch more games. This is different. Like this is somebody lost a life in this situation. And nobody knows how to talk about this. Like, I saw clips yesterday from ESPN's, you know, pregame show where they're getting all ready. Let's do a big bracket reveal, all this stuff. And they said, well, Alabama, you know, kind of a tale of two seasons. They had a great year, obviously, but also this legal issue off the floor. Let's talk about both of them. And then they went in for like 10 minutes talking about what Alabama did this year on the floor. Never got to the issue off the floor. Gumble yesterday on CBS, unveiling everything, tried to kind of tiptoe around it. Like, ah, well, there's obviously a headline in the news lately about something that's happening. Like, nobody knows how to talk about this. It was this. a murder. Yes. Like, it's not just like, <clears throat> oh, they... It's not the UCLA kids in China stealing something exactly. for 500. This was a murder. Exactly. This is a serious, serious story. And I'm, I'm with you 100%, man. I, it was all I could think about. I, I saw the bracket revealed yesterday and landed, was catching up on everything that I missed. And I was going through, all right, where did everybody get seated? I, I'm not going to pretend like I watch any college basketball. I don't know what the hell is going to happen over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm excited to watch for four days, Thursday through Sunday, and then I'm going to check out because that's all I really care about. The first weekend's awesome. The rest of it's kind of meaningless for me. But to, the first thing that I saw in, in all, reading all the articles was Alabama's there, and this is this is a elephant in the room for the NCAA tournament that nobody knows how to handle. Now, you could you could instantly respond, like, what kind of a friend is he? But there is a friend of Nate Oates, reportedly in this Washington Post story, who spoke anonymously, and he basically was like, yeah, it's, it's an awful look. He, he didn't punish that kid at all. Like, how about suspending indefinitely just because you care? Making him sit three games, five games, whatever the case. He didn't sit at all. He scored no. 41 points in his first game. I believe he just won tournament player of the SEC thing. They won the SEC crown, and I, I don't know. And he's going to be, by the way, probably a top three pick. I, I'll get to my Blazer thing, but imagine Portland sitting two, not finding a trade partner for a Joel, a Pascal Siakam, a big player, and they're kind of forced into picking that. I mean, he's 6'9", and he dribbles the ball. What's a position of need, Dirt? So it's like teams like Portland are going to be put in weird spots uh, come the draft. And I I think the weird, the worst part, I think, from, you know, reading the the Post story is, like, every single opportunity they've had in this moment to address that situation, they've completely screwed up. Yeah. Every single one. To the point where, yeah, he's loyal to his players, and some players were swearing by him in this article, but... You know that him nor the university, they asked him recently, Nate Oates, the Alabama coach. They said, hey, have you felt like the need or have you reached out to the family? Like this woman was young. She has a five-year-old. It's a really sad ending to the story because the five-year-old is basically like, I miss my mom because he didn't really understand what's going on. But they also don't want to tell him that he was killed, that she was killed by a basketball player because he loves basketball. Yeah. They don't want him to be you know, haunted by that. And. It's really sad, and they, they asked Nate Oates recently, have you reached out or talked to the family? Like, Nate Oates was, that's a private matter. 
So the answer to that is no. Yeah, the family's quoted at the end. Nobody, not one person from the university the or the basketball team has, message. has reached out on any level whatsoever. They've just, meh, one of our players killed your daughter and well, we're moving on. Yeah. I, I get like the whole, I'm not even going to try and pretend like I understand the legal aspect of this and charges, not charges. Like I'm not going anywhere near that. I understand. I've read enough pieces to... For, for the arguments around it, but it's it's just it's a moral thing and it's just it, it makes you question the kids. I don't know, his, his heart is is, you know, why would you put yourself in a situation like this, especially when it's such a bad outcome? Um, it's just it's a horrible story for college basketball. It man, is. And it's really sad because this is the time of year where I feel like the most of us who don't watch or care about the sport. We usually put everything aside and we enjoy it. It's a tournament. You fill out your brackets. You're in a bracket. Challenge. I can't it's wait like, to gamble on it. Thursday. Sure. You, you, you make your picks like we're, everybody's going to be up at a and a Thursday, Friday, where you can actually gamble on college basketball. And it's fun, man. Like the NCAA tournament is a couple of the best days of the entire sports calendar. But when you have this kind of thing hanging over it, uh, for me, it's just it, it's a dark cloud over the entire tournament. And I, I I think TV executives would love for them to lose early because there's going to be nothing more awkward than this team advancing, getting to the Elite Eight, getting to the Final Four. What if they won the whole winning thing? the entire thing, they being have, in the championship game, yeah. and they got a great shot to do it. And it's mm-hmm. just going to be one of those that you're going to have to talk about it every time they play. And I think there are certain storylines and teams that people hate, but we will hate watch. And it's it's not a controversial thing. We all love to hate Duke together. It's like a unifying fours this is a completely different story and i think they want them gone early uh so yeah that's it's it's a little bit of march sadness because i think it's looming looming over the tournament that alabama the one seed i mean i i talked to somebody yesterday who actually watches college hoops and you know he's like off the court stuff aside they they probably have the highest ceiling of all the teams in this tournament because when they're playing at their peak the style of basketball he plays is really fun it's you know it's attack the hoop or it's shoot a three-pointer yeah that's a style that we can get with, but obviously you can't ignore what's happened and their lack of response, I would say, is has been it's been pretty damning. And now here we are, a one seed in the tournament, uh, with all this stuff looming off the court that everybody's gonna tiptoe around. Uh, I got one more thing to get to. Somebody that fires people up uh did it again yesterday, and I got a bit of a question in regards to what we just talked about in the tournament. So we'll get to that. We'll get to the Blazers. Something I did yesterday in regards to the Blazers. We had some big, uh, big NFL trades. We'll get to all that next. Dirt and Spring on the fan. All right, tune in. 8 a.m. hour today for the chance to call in at 503-864-6326 because Caller 5 is going to win a pair of tickets to Snoop Dogg at the RV Inn-style Resorts Amphitheater with Wiz Khalifa, Too Short, and Warren G. on July 8th, courtesy of Live Nation. And you can visit 1080thefan.com for more details. That'll happen in the 8 a.m. hour. Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, Too Short, and Warren G. on July 8th. Uh, tune into the 8 a.m. hour today for your cue to call and uh, be caller number 5. That sounds like a fantastic concert to go to. Yeah, I can I can envision myself sitting comfortably in grass. Uh, Enjoying with grass. Some, with, with grass. <laughs> with grass. And Outside. Nice July night. Hell yeah. Uh, tournament uh, Sunday selection was yesterday, and I, I always enjoy this time of year. I didn't watch the whole thing because I wanted to watch Scotty Scheffler finish his dominance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really impressive. But I tune in, and I <laughs> every time I turned it back on, Seth Davis was pissing the internet off. Uh oh, what was Seth Davis doing yesterday? Well, this is this is the moment where Seth Davis shines the brightest because he covers college basketball and has for quite some time. He's one of the premier writers for the sport. 
And he gets on there and he basically questions every selection that the committee makes. <laughs> I would have had them as a four seed personally, but, you know, I guess it. And then Houston gets announced as the one seed. They had just lost their conference tournament to Memphis. That they did. And they show Houston on the TV screen and they announce them as the one seed in, in one of the regions. And, and as the camera's on them, you know they're a little delayed, but they're still watching the live feed like we are. Seth Davis goes, I like you, Houston. Kansas should have been the one seed, though. I didn't think you guys were that good. I'm rooting for you, but I thought Kansas was a better team. And I'm always just wondering what the players are thinking in that moment when it catches up to them live. He's celebrating, and they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy's taking a dump all over us. But he craps all over the teams that get picked in certain uh, uh, rankings, or uh, what am I trying to say? The uh, You know, how they get stacked. One, two, three, sure. four, five. You seeds. Questions. Seeds, yeah. thank you. He had a tweet also before the entire show started where he basically says, yeah, the committee's basically told us conference record doesn't matter. Conference play doesn't matter. It's about the best teams that you play and how you perform against them. And I just thought, awesome. That sums up college basketball right there. <laughs> so basically the entire season doesn't matter outside of uh, four or five games, right? That basically, like, yeah. Even the notion that we were, to, like, again, I don't watch any college basketball, but I know that North Carolina sucked this year. And the notion that they even had a chance to make the tournament was hilarious. Because according to what I read on North Carolina's basketball season, they had won what they call quad one win all season. They were like one and nine in quad one games. So essentially when you play good teams, they lost every single time all year outside of one game. And we almost still put them in the tournament because who are they? North Carolina. Like that's how this entire thing works. Nobody knows the math or the, or the solutions that go into picking out these teams. You just kind of randomly find out. Like, does anything matter during the regular season? You look at records of like five seeds and you're like 18 and 14. Like, what? How does that make any sense? That wasn't even that good of a team this year. How are you going to pick teams this year? Randomly in 37 seconds. Really? Yeah. I, I, I fill out my bracket. I try to at least in less than 90 seconds. Mm. I, I, it just, it's a matter of how long will it take me to write down the answer. How many one seeds do you want in the final four? How many two seeds do you want in the final four? I mean, it kind of just breaks down at trying to even it out, doesn't sure. it? Do you want to go all chalk heavy with nothing but favorites? Do you want to go with some Cinderella picks? Like, I hope that we get one of those years where there's a ton of upsets and it's kind of chaos and craziness because those are the tournaments that I think we love the most. But then the funny part about it is I feel like most of us, we only love it to a certain extent. Like, it's great for the first two rounds and the opening weekend. Like, oh, my God, that two-seed loss. But I don't want to see a 15-seed in the Elite Eight. Like, that team's not that good. They're just riding the heater. They were 500 on the year in a crappy conference. I don't want to see them playing in the Final Four. I've never been a fan of a team riding a heater in the tournament. <laughs> never. My team's either dominant when they get there always or they dominant. don't make it. Yeah. You, you guys go in as an overwhelming one-seed and you just blow everybody out. Jay Wright seems to think the winner of Gonzaga and Kansas is going to win the entire thing. And I'm seeing this more and more. Oh, Gonzaga's a trendy pick, huh? Gonzaga's becoming incredibly trendy. And the reason I've heard, because I haven't, again, not watched much college hoops, but I know Gonzaga's been a little inconsistent this year compared to years past, where they've just buzzsawed their way through the WCC. Like, I know they lost this year to LMU uh, as a huge favorite. They've not been traditional Gonzaga. But the reason I've heard about Gonzaga lately, Gonzaga, I guess, is hot right now. The yeah, last they, month of their season, they they basically haven't lost. They won their conference title game by like 40 points against St. Mary's. I did see that. Shout out to fighting Bill Gaffney's. And they're not the one seed, so they don't have the pressure. And I thought, hmm. oh, 
you don't think Gonzaga fan cares this year. You're sadly mistaken about that. But Gonzaga's getting a lot of steam. It would be very ironic and funny after all the dominant teams that Gonzaga's had, all the one and two seeds, if this was the year that they found a way to do it. Because they've had how many teams that were better than this year's team? At I feel least like every, every dozen, team for the yeah. last five years has been better than this year's At team. At least six. They got number one overall picks on their team or top three picks on their team. And now it's Drew Timmy, who's been there for 37 years, and he's cashing in like 400 grand, and he's got a cool mustache, and he sponsors a casino. Like, that's their team. It would be hilarious if Gonzaga found a way to do it this year. Yeah, it could be their year. Uh, I just, I liked the reasoning of, and they're not the number one seed. When they're the one seed, it's too much pressure. I do think there's something to that. But they're the three seed. It ain't like they're like a nine seed or something. Well, sure, but if you you spread it out, I mean, what, if you're a three seed that puts you in the top 12-ish of the NCAA tournament? So you're not going in where it's like, hey, you got to win it this year or else. And Gonzaga's had those teams the last couple of years. Two years ago, they had the year they go all the way to the national championship game. That was like, how is that team not going to win it all? And then they get steamrolled in the national yeah. title. Was it Baylor that blew them out, I believe? Yep. And then you had Chet Holmgren last year. It's like this team, you got to do it. You got a lottery pick, top five pick on your team. This is, and they were in Portland to start their tournament mm-hmm. run. I remember going to those games. Like this, you have to do it because all the pressure is on them to win a championship. But when you go in as a three seed, like who are the other three seeds? Can you tell me off the top of your head? Because I can't. Uh, Baylor's a three seed. Top, okay. I'm going top head. I don't have the bracket in front of me. I know Baylor, Gonzaga. That's it. Okay, <laughs> three seeds. I don't know. I don't know what the three seeds are. Nobody picks three seed. They're not an overwhelming favorite to win it. And I do think there's a difference there of like having that pressure on your shoulders. And now you're just kind of going in like, hey, let's see if Gonzaga can go on a run this year. And maybe they surprise people. Is there a coach with more pressure to win a championship than him for a better seeded team this year? If you looked at the one seeds, the two seeds, the other three seeds, is there a coach? Because, like, few, I don't think Gonzaga, Gonzaga's not firing Mark Few, but it, no. The idea of what you've created is now become so established that, like, you'd like to see it topped off with at least a championship here. I think on a national level, for that discussion to be included with the, the Tom Izzo's and the John Calipari's and the Bill Self's, yes, I think. You don't think? See, here's the weird thing. Locally, I no the, oh, the I guy walks on the I, guy walks on water. Locally, he'll he'll be there as long as he wants to be there. But I think nationally, he is put on that pedestal, even without the chip. Uh I still think there's. I I, I think that if he can finally pull it off at Gonzaga, mm. then that elevates him because Izzo only has one right Izzo's only got one he's been a couple times Calipari uh Calipari self has has two now yep and Calipari I believe has one I think he's only got one Anthony Davis team but he's been a lot yeah and vacated a little bit um I mean it's different because it's a newer coach I feel like the the program that is somewhat there with them in terms of pressure for me is Arizona I think Arizona's been there a long time. Like Arizona Ari- hasn't done it in a long time. They haven't been to a time. Final Four since 2000. Yeah. yeah, but UCLA also has been dealing with this. They get to the Final Four a few years with Kevin Love, Westbrook, a At least they've been to Final Fours, though. That's true. Arizona just largely disappoints. And they're, like, I think they're a two-seed in their region. They're a two-seed. Yeah. And, I, again, like, if Sean Miller was still there, I would I would put Sean Miller on that, on that pedestal. Uh, but I just think overall as a program, like, they're good every year. They're yeah. dominant every year. No matter who the coach is, no matter the transitions yeah. they're going through, and they haven't been to a Final Four in 23 years. That's a long time. And I, it, that this is the only thing. Like I remember ranting about this last year 
when Gonzaga lost. I get that they're easy to make fun of. It's like, ha we do this all year. Gonzaga plays nobody, and we're guilty of it too. We'll pile on because I got some friends who are Gonzaga fans, and I love ribbing them when their team loses in the tournament. But we we treat them so differently than we treat some of these other teams. Like when Arizona bows out essentially every year in the Sweet 16, we don't ridicule the program endlessly of like, yeah, you're a fraud. This is why you can't hang with the big boys. Well, you know why? Because <laughs> they're a big boy and they've won a national championship. Right there. A generation yeah. ago. I know, but they've when won When I was one. like five years old, Arizona <laughs> won a national championship. They haven't been to a Final Four since I was 10 years old. And yet we, we just, oh, yeah, Arizona's great. We act like it's no big deal when they lose every year. Oregon's been to a Final Four more recently. UCLA's been a multiple Final Four since they've been. Hell, Oregon State's been to an Elite Eight more recently than Arizona's been to an Elite Eight. Like, go do something, man. You're a blue blood of college basketball. Did you? I, I want to know how much the ref in the Pac-12 title game had on Arizona Moneyline because his egregious offensive foul call late in that game on UCLA. I don't know if you saw this play. It's I did okay not if see you this missed play. it. <laughs> But I saw the end of the game, and I forget the kid who drove, but he drives in. An Arizona defender jumps with him, clearly within the restricted area. He, he's below the line. Jumps up, doesn't even fall. Kid at UCLA dunks the basketball. No, 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 no. Ref calls offensive foul on the Bruins. Cost him the game, basically, because they only lost by two. And it's go look it up. It's one of the more egregious offensive fouls I've ever seen. The restricted zone doesn't apply if you jump, if you go vertical. Yeah, but there's no push. There's no there's no indication of an offensive foul in that play. Did you see the play? Uh, I caught bits and pieces. I didn't see the whole thing. But you so didn't see the specific play. No, I have to go back and look. But go I do watch know the play. now if you if you because if you jump and go vertical, the rule changes and the, I know. But there's the restricted zone doesn't apply. There's no put. There's nothing that indicates offensive foul. If anything, it's a no call. At worst, it's a it's a it's a foul on Arizona, and they called an offensive foul on UCLA. Questionable. It's very it's very. And yeah. where where do they play this game? Mm-hmm. Where is it? Vegas. Vegas. Hmm. Vegas, baby. What can you do in Vegas? Anything and everything. I would tell you that was another perk of being in Arizona. I logged into my DraftKings app to put a bet on the Sixers when they were down by 30 to come back and beat the Blazers. such an a-hole. Well, I I mean, we all knew it was going to happen. Did we not know it was going to happen? Oh, yeah. We all knew it was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. Thank you for the uh, injection of cash into my account, Philadelphia and Portland. But scrolling around, I also, like, hey, college sports popped up. Oh, you can gamble in Arizona. I put a a couple of bucks on Bo Nix to win the Heisman. (laughs) You're an idiot. <laughs> but I don't I'm like, hey, you. college football tabs popping up. Uh, the only thing I forgot to do, I wanted to make a bet to, for a team to win the NCAA tournament, but thankfully we'll be at A this week, so I can do it there. Uh, all right, let's move on from the tournament. Let's get to that uh, garbage-ass team, the Portland Trailblazers. They keep losing and finding great ways to lose. They did it twice over the weekend, one in just painstaking fashion, the other in typical Blazer blowout fashion. So we'll talk about that, something I did that the Blazers brought me to yesterday, uh, officially happened yesterday. I'll tell you what that is next. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. Well, have Angie Machado of BeaverBlitz.com. Hop on at 7.30 today for the Daily Ticker. We'll get her thoughts. Oregon State has started football practice. I have found Oregon State's socials. They're starting to show, uh, they're trying to show more and more the personality of Jonathan Smith. They're micing him up now. They're pulling clips that he's saying, talking, interacting. I like that. you got to catch him when he's not paying attention because he's yeah. a, he's an introverted guy. 
No, I, I, yeah, I know people that know him, and they're like, he's a really good dude. It just when he gets to the media, it gets a little more buttoned up than what you uh, usually get outside of the microphones and the cameras, and so he doesn't let his hair down a lot in front of the people he's not no. comfortable with. But he'll do it around his team. Yeah, absolutely. And so they're trying to show that more. But we'll check in with Oregon State spring football because that's what we're going to do here. We're going to check in with all the spring football going ons that are happening. And so Angie will join us uh, coming up at seven thirty today. Uh, I ran Tankathon yesterday. What'd you get? Portland got the number two pick. Hey-o! <laughs> I'm fired up, dude. I loved yesterday. I loved every second of that. No, yes. Come yes. On. Stop it. You look, you might root for losses. Okay, and that's fine. I won't push back on you wanting the ultimate result to be a loss. I want 14 more of them. Just you cannot be enjoying what yesterday was. They I, lost by like 30 points. I loved every second of it. They got bludgeoned by C.J. McCollum and Trey Murphy. Stop. You did not enjoy yesterday. The Friday one was more painful because there was a chance they could win that game. This was great. It was over in the first quarter. They were down by 17 at the end of one. There was no threat at all of them coming back and winning that game. And if you can give me 14 more of those, buddy, I'm going to be happy as a clam the next couple of weeks. So Friday I was supposed to do the live watch. And I got stuck trying to help my uh, daughter's school get ready for the glow party. They had this big glow party. They got snowed out, so they had to reschedule it. That's kind of a fun thing. You get glow sticks. Yeah. Light light up, glow in the dark things, all that stuff. So I missed the live watch party. I could have watched the end of it, and I just didn't have enough time. So I went to Creed 2 or Creed 3 with my nephew. (laughs) Yeah. My nephew was home alone this week, so I was like, I'll take him to a movie. Uh, By the way, don't go see that in theaters. Meh. Very meh. I heard the box office numbers were good, though. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the highest grossing sports movie of all time. It's that. not that good of a movie. Oh, okay. I'm just being honest with you. That's fair. Uh, and I, we kept checking the phone because there were some slow parts during the movie, and we were like, we saw the lead dwindling, and my, my nephew goes, they're going to lose it. And I go, I know. <laughs> and we check in. They were up late, fourth quarter, checked in again, final, Sixers win by one. I go and watch them on DVR. And I'm like, yeah, this is about right. This sums up the season in a nutshell. The MVP hit a game-winning shot on you. What are you going to do? Well, then Dame doesn't play New Orleans. And I'm just going to tell you, I don't think that they're going to like tank-tank in terms of Dame's not playing the rest of the season. I still think Dame's going to play. Uh, he can earn more, you know, get more points, get closer to the scoring title. And he's probably going to get first-team All-NBA despite how bad they are. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if he plays or not. They're still going to lose these games. I I just I'm to that point, man. I I think it's a done deal. I think they're too far out of the play-in. I don't think they can compete, and I think their season's cooked. And it's time to run Tankathon now and see what's the best possible scenario. I ran it yesterday. We got the number two pick in the draft, which we either bring great young piece to have or great trade uh, asset. There. It's an incredible trade asset, man. Like you're gonna have a lot to work with. That's why I'm like I know people don't believe me. I'm genuinely excited. Like I'm happy that they're losing games. There would be nothing nothing more meaningless than getting the 9 or 10 seed and losing in the play-in situation. You wouldn't want Shaden to get no, some play-in no, situation no, experience? No, no, okay. no, absolutely not. What does that do? To get one game? To get two games? Hell, let's let's play the the disastrous scenario that you actually win in a play-in situation, <laughs> and then you're the one, you're the eight seed, and you get swept in the first round. No, you probably have to win the next play-in game because if you're the nine <laughs> ten, right, you got to win back to back. Yeah, or whatever. you got to like, win back to back. No, I don't want anything to do with that. We did that way too many times in Damian Lillard's era in Portland, where we'd find a way to eke into the playoffs. We'd all be like, "Yeah, this is the year," and we have to go through that dumb, stupid, meaningless debate. 
seat. Could this be the year an eight seat knocks off a one seat? Could this be the year? And then they'd fall down 3-0 in the series. Well, teams never come back from 3-0. Well, why not us? Could this be the first? Like, no, I don't want anything to do with that. The Blazers have been stuck in purgatory for basically the last six years outside of the one random year that they found their way to the Western Conference Finals because seeding broke their way in the playoffs. They're in purgatory. And if you're in purgatory, you got to go one direction or the other, okay? And at the trade deadline, they didn't go the good direction, so now the only way to go is the bad direction. And these next 14 games are going to be incredibly impactful. Like, for those who don't know how the lottery odds work, right now they're tied for the sixth-worst record in the NBA. There's three teams tied there. Six, seven, and eight all have the same lottery odds. So whether you're there, you, you finish, I think the, who is it, the Pacers are there with them, maybe the Wizards are there with them. I think those are the three, yeah. So if you end up in the eight or the six, like, there's not a huge difference. The dream scenario that you have over the next 14 games is to find a way to get ahead of Orlando or behind of Orlando, depending on how you, you classify things. 14 games left, you're three games ahead of them, that's going to be a little challenging. You're going to have to really hit the skids here over the next couple of weeks, but your odds, you have a 10% chance of getting the number one overall pick if you have the fifth worst record in the NBA. You have a north of 40% chance of having a top four pick if you end with the fifth worst, uh, fifth worst overall record in the NBA. Like, that should be your goal. And I'm with you on the Dame thing. Like, you don't necessarily have to sit him to tank, but I do hope over the next eh, four or five games, the schedule isn't super easy. I know they're coming home from this long road trip, but, like, if you lose two, three more in a row, I do hope you get to that point where you say, okay, that's enough. Like, you're already two games out of the 10 seed. I don't want you to even try to get it. But if you lose two or three more or you lose three out of your next four, like, there, I hope there does come a time where you say, all right, you had an MVP caliber season. You're an all-NBA guy. Maybe the best year of your career. Thank you. Let's do what's best for you and get the best overall mm-hmm. draft pick to improve the roster this summer. Uh, something on that I want to get to in the second hour. we got some big NFL trades, and Angie Machado is all going to join us. Have we learned our lesson on this, though, here in this city as a sports fan? I'll tell you what that is next hour, two, Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan.